And happy Monday. Welcome to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Pleased to be with you today. Ash, how are you? I'm great, Sam. It's Monday, post-Raiders win, so Victory Monday, as we'll call it, and I'm happy. I am so happy. What a game. Oh, uh, my gosh. I was able to watch uh, it yesterday, uh, and um, and frankly, going into it, I didn't think necessarily to end well, um, but uh, but I it it is absolutely um, it absolutely worked out in the end in overtime we won it and now what it means is that the Raiders are going in fact you know to the playoffs which it did not look like was going to happen you know a few weeks ago so this is a good thing it's a great thing Sam I mean look being from Vegas welcoming this team to vegas from california it's a familiar story i think for us as you know we're both from california and we moved to vegas we embraced the city the city has embraced us and i think las vegas has done the same with the raiders organization and this year has been it was our first year with Allegiant stadium open and it was fabulous and fans were finally able to see their team and see the stadium that they've watched being built and then we had a year of tragedy and ups and downs and absolute you know stress and complications and so to see us make the playoffs and endure all of that is something i'm really happy about i mean some of the tragedies we've talked about throughout the year you know uh gruden the head coach was forced to resign as a part of an email scandal that you and i both think was somewhat selective when six hundred thousand emails were filtered through of the washington football team and the only one that is questionable of any sort is our head coaches and i just don't buy that for a second i don't think you buy it for a second and with the history of the raiders and the nfl organization lawsuits etc it's just fishy and you know you're not a fan of goodell i'm not a fan of goodell and so one that was one tragedy and we're still watching that play out then we had the terrible uh poor life choice of one of the young prospects henry ruggs who decided to get behind the wheel of his vehicle um severely intoxicated and the loss of a life a young woman and dog resulted and then um we've had some other players go off the rails and then get fired and oh, so- threaten you know to shoot shooting up people and things like that so i think uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just been a, it's been a, it's been a hell of a roller coaster season. So, and yeah. I will say, I've never really been a Derek Carr fan, the quarterback, but you've always been a fan, and I am now a fan. You come over know, to my side. It's rare. It is rare. <laughs> if you feel the ground, it's probably a little colder. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never really been a fan of him as a leader of this organization, but this year has proven otherwise. I think he has put the organization on his back, and he has just put his his sights on the playoffs and has just done everything he can in his power to push through. And it's exactly what happened. And I'm really excited for not just the Raiders, but our town. There's so much energy that I think this victory really did for us. So I know that this there's a lot of people out there, uh, delusional people maybe, who, are, who see this win and go, this is it. This is the team that makes it to the Super Bowl. This is so exciting. I don't know if it's that. Not, <laughs> not so fast, friends. Not so fast. But it does raise the interesting 
question the specter of Las Vegas hosting Super Bowl, a uh, Super Bowl here in uh, what two years? Yeah, and 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 again, th- there's you know not that you know there's no guarantee, right? That that you know our team will be in the Super Bowl, but a that the Super Bowl would be hosted here, and uh, that that would pre- you know present and and be an incredible boon uh, for Vegas. So, frankly, last year was the first, I believe, the first year that a host city had a team in the the game with Tampa Bay. It's so, kind of like being, it's kind of like a golden birthday, right? You yeah. know, you, when you turn 21 on the 21st or, you know, or whatever. So it does not happen very often. Uh, but that's the first time you said? I, I want to say it is, or but at least it is in the first time in a long time. And look, when the stadium was being built, it is a huge investment and expenditure of taxpayer monies and and everything like and there's always critics right you know we've talked about it we we hear a lot about the critics who didn't want Allegiant Stadium they're like look put it somewhere else you can play somewhere else but look a playoff game that's more revenue more revenue more jobs everything matters to me and so the more times that stadium's being built or being used the better and so i think it also just gives more notoriety to our town that we can do this we are the entertainment capital of the world and everyone's talking now about the super bowl so yeah and, and by the way um there are a few economists out there that say that the super bowl is not the giant economic boon that uh that the nfl says it is so the nfl basically says look if if you get to it's a huge thing that com- cities compete to get mm-hmm. and the carrot that's dangled in, in you know the the NFL prospectus is three hundred to five hundred million dollars of revenue for your 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 state and local you know area uh, hosting the hosting hosting the event and that's a big number and I you know and I read an article it was interesting I read an article from from a guy who said nah you know really it's like thirty to one hundred twenty maybe one hundred fifty million so way off from the low end three hundred million estimate. But then I thought about it and I thought, but wait a minute, this is Vegas mm-hmm. and Vegas is a different animal. Vegas is not doing it and doing a Super Bowl in, in, in a, even Miami necessarily. Miami is a, a hot place to go but because we have so much. Well, one, we have all the sports books, right? So I think this is a city that attracts, would attract for a Super Bowl, a lot of visitation, not just for ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Entirely. Watch parties. I mean, There'd be they, watch- the, the, the running joke is it's all the big game because you can't say if you're not the Super Bowl, you can't say the Super Bowl. You can say the big game. Yeah. So if you but, own a bar, you can't say come to a Super Bowl party. You have to say the big game viewing party. I know. But the, but you're I think you're 100 percent right. The, the critical X factor here is we're Vegas and we have gaming. So we will have all of these people running around our town, placing bets on the game itself, but then other gambling expenditures and then all the hotels, the restaurants, et cetera. I think we're just different than every other city for the better and for that will set us aside, set us apart from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we are different. Uh, we just have, I, I, I don't know, where have where the last, I, I remember Tampa, I rem- Bay. Tampa Bay, before that Miami, right? No, Miami, Tampa Bay. That was Tampa Bay. Yeah. Where where was it before? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe up in, New- I want to say it was a colder city. Yeah. When you went to New Orleans, when you went to the that Mercedes, was a or, that was a playoff game? Yeah. 
But if you look, you go to if you go to a so place like so this year is is L.A. So if you go to L.A., right? Mm-hmm. L.A. is a really fragmented market, big market, mm-hmm. lots of hotels. I get it, but it's you know, but but you're, they're not. There's not the the condensed energy around the arena. Mm-hmm. Think of the tens of thousands of hotel rooms, all that that have a let's just say tens of thousands of hotel rooms that have a view of Allegiant Stadium, where yeah. you could have a group of friends come into town and you could be watching the big game mm-hmm. from your hotel suite with a view of the stadium, which is what yep. I did. I was at my condo on the strip last night watching the game and and I could see, literally could see Allegiant Stadium and am looking down on the stadium, can see into the stadium. I'm watching it from the comfort of my my own place. And and I think I, I just I see a tremendous amount of energy. So I think provided that we have kicked COVID in the boot and we're past all of this craziness, I could see uh, the Super Bowl February 2024 being spectacular. I'm I'm really excited for it. I, you know, we missed out on the draft uh, weekend, which was supposed to happen in 2020, but we've you know they've promised us that again. I think we got the Pro Bowl coming up in a, in a month or so, so that's exciting. Look, I think there's no there's no city better suited to host these types of events than us. Ash, when we come back, uh, we lost we lost a great guy. We lost uh, Bob Saget. Uh, I know. And yesterday the news came out in the afternoon, and really not what we were expecting. You know, everyone's so sad, still reeling from Betty White. Uh, so I, I just want to touch on that quickly when we when we get back because he's a dude that we all grew up with, and some of us more than others because you actually had a TV when you were a kid, uh, <laughs> which I did not. All right, what's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk eight forty KXNT. We'll be back. Right after this. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Hi, coming to you loud and clear from our beautiful office here in downtown Las Vegas. It's What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT, your two favorite local Las Vegas attorneys, uh, doing what other than having a radio show every day, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 2 to 3. So you found us. You're in the (laughs) right spot. Uh, We certainly are all somewhat shaken by the news of of, uh, Bob Seger's passing here. This is just absolutely uh, a crazy thing, unexpected. You know, 65 years young, and he was just coming off Ash from a a performance. He was down in Orlando, Florida, uh, and he did a did a stand up show. He was back doing stand up, what he loved. Uh, presumably, you know, doing live shows was has been a little bit of a of a beast the last couple of years. So he was just getting back in the swing of it. Uh, naturally, in Florida, where they have freedom to to do that kind of thing. So he was down there and. And had a great show, tweeted about it when he got off from his set and said he had a great time. And then they found him unresponsive when, when he didn't check out of his hotel room on Sunday. Yeah, Bob Saget. You know, we, I grew up in the 80s. And so I watched his show Full House. And truly, he was America's dad to my generation. You know, we watched him father three girls single as a single dad, but with his best buddies. And look, he was a great character everyone adored him and then it was funny as as 
we, my generation, got older and Bob Saget was no longer playing that role. He was a comedian, but he had standard comedian humor, which is a little dirtier and dark and crass. And as America's dad, he was the most like polished, neat, nitpicky, per proper guy. And so I always remember that contrast between it. But yeah, just a general all around great guy. I think a lot of people that knew him uh, are expressing all the the the, the sadness that we're feeling, you know, first Betty White, now Bob Saget, you know, it's tough, but it's a great reminder to appreciate the the fabulous people that are in your life when you have them. Absolutely. Um, so the, the show had the, a, f- a few notables in it. Uh, Lori Laughlin was in it. Yeah, she's most famous right now for the college admission scandal. But yeah. yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, her and career then, evolved. Yeah, uh, John Stamos was in it. Um, yeah. And then the twins. Yeah, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at a at what I think was a reunion photograph of the cast, and what's funny is the the quote unquote adults of the show mm-hmm. all look kind of the same. I mean, yeah. you can tell who they are, and you're like, who are these random people in it? And it's the kids right now. Yeah. Mary Kate, they're not, and and Ashley Olsen are not in the picture, but the other kids that were in the show are, and it's like they're well, adults they, now. they did a, a remake. They rebooted it. Called, oh, did they? Yeah, they called it Fuller House. And ah. so so a couple of the daughters and characters, they're now parents in the same house, so the same set. Uh, you know, uh, John Stamos will make appearances. Uncle Joey, I don't know his name in real life, he would make appearances. Bob Saget would occasionally even make appearances. So they've redone the show and uh, to kind of give the next generation of kids Kids a taste of the full house, which in, in San Francisco. I, how can they, any of them afford to live in San Francisco they can't. now? The, That's the running joke is, you know, what I mean, having an idea, I had watched the remake. I was sick once and watching it in bed, just needed something on Netflix to, to kill time. And I was like, um, the, the running joke here is there's no way, because I'm pretty sure they show a, a, a clip in the intro of the painted ladies you know yeah yeah. and so knowing about the painted ladies where it's located i it's just this fabulous inference that there's no way no absolute way that this family of modest means can truly live in san francisco in a nice spacious house if you own just one small hedge fund you probably can't afford to live in one of these not their house it had a basement a beautiful kitchen upstairs with four bedrooms no chance yeah this is um this is crazy and they also um now would have a homeless encampment right in front (laughs) of the house uh which of course is not to be found anywhere there either so this um very fictionalized view of of living in san francisco but that is what TV Danny is Tanner would have never, and that's Bob Saget's character, he okay. would ne- never have allowed a homeless encampment out dirtying his sidewalk. So it wouldn't work. <sighs> wow. But wow. yeah, rest in peace, Bob Saget. Terrible news. Speaking of parenting, um, this story just, I think it hit right after we finished our show on Friday. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this. Oh, no. <laughs> when Sam can't even tell me the story because he's laughing, I'm nervous. There was a mother that was pulled over who had put her kid in the trunk of her car because her kid had just tested positive for COVID. Wait, what? So the kid the tested? The kid tests positive for COVID. And the mother, this happened in Houston, Texas. The son is 13, tests positive for COVID. Um, and 
she decides I can't breathe the same air as you in the car. So she puts him like mafia style in her trunk. <laughs> well, not mafia style. He was still alive. <laughs> well, I don't. We don't know if she bound him or anything. Um, but but this is her name's Sarah Beam. She's forty one years old. Of course, when law enforcement conducted a full investigation, issued a warrant for her arrest, and she was charged with endangering a child, rightly so. And what they're not getting to in the story here, because this is overseas, I saw this one particular version of it in the Guardian other mainstream media news they're not talking about is this woman clearly was one of these COVID nutters who just thinks, you know, you, 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 I mean, can you imagine your kid tests positive for COVID and you put them in the trunk of your car? Well, I, I mean, how insane do you have to be? Well, I, right. That's a great question. I have a lot of other questions. Why one, why was, if she was that afraid Why'd she put him in the trunk to take him to get another test? No, to take him. The way I understand it is to take him home. So oh. he tested positive and it went through like a quick test, rapid test through a site. But she, but she, but. Oh, she, I thought, I thought that sounds more favorable than the image I had. <laughs> I guess if you can even say that. I thought she was like going to get herself tested, but didn't want to leave her kid at home. So she was like, get in the trunk, Johnny. <laughs> and that could be too. It, it, regardless, but I don't think either terrible. version I mean, this is, is favorable no, at no, all. No, no, no. This is just—it's absolute insanity, um, especially with all the data we're learning about COVID and its—you know—the symptoms and your likelihood of recovery and survival. It's just th these types of reactions are bananas. I mean, we talked about the story of the teacher that gave a kid one of her students a vaccine. Well, it's funny you say that because this bat nuts crazy woman. Uh, was Sarah Beam is actually a teacher in Northwest Houston in the oh. school district. Oh. And I, I look, my mother-in-law was a teacher, great teacher for many years, retired now. Uh, I had many great teachers, but let me tell you right now in this, in this entire COVID cacophony of insanity, the teachers and in particular, the teachers union, some of the biggest nut jobs in that, in that group. And I, I, I feel bad if you're, and by the way, we, normal teachers, we don't hear from you because you're just quiet. You're doing your job. You're taking care of our kids. You're doing the Lord's work. And it's the, <laughs> it's the, it's the loud mouths and the union bosses and all these crazies are coming out and banging their pots and pans about COVID. So this, yeah, she's a teacher and puts her, you know, puts, puts the kid in the trunk. Um, I mean, I can't even, I'm looking at Rocky here, you know, my little dog. I can't even imagine putting him in the trunk of a car. So, so, you know, you're, I think you're right. The mom, the kid was exposed. She was going in for a test. And what happened was as she's cruising to go to the place to get tested, she doesn't want to leave the kid. So she puts the kid in the trunk so she doesn't have to be exposed to the kid and she can go and get herself tested. And it wasn't until she pulled up to the testing site that there was a health director in charge of kind of taking down. It's like, oh, okay, what's the... There's somebody in your trunk? She's like, oh, yeah, just my 13-year-old. He's already got COVID. I put him in the trunk. Don't mind me. And apparently this this lady who was the, the intake person at this particular testing site then decides to do the only rational thing, which is call the cops. Don't trunks these days have the little pull tab, the little glow-in-the-dark tab to pop you out of it? Yeah, they, they do. But, um, you know. This what? is, it's so sad. The the That's actually one of the things that I think is kind of more fascinating about this whole pandemic is the the irrationality and the lack of logic and rational reactions to something that so many people 
have to this. And, you know, like I, I know a lot of friends who I've considered smart, intelligent people. Uh, and then their reaction to COVID is completely off base, completely doesn't add up. There's no one plus one equals two. I'm like smart person. Here's some facts. And then they're making a terribly misguided life choice. And so this is just a really another sad example of it. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Okay. We're going <sighs> to hope they throw the book at her. Um, all right. I uh, don't hope she gets COVID, but I hope, you know, her son gets better and finds a new mom. All right. By the way, I can't you like sue to become a emancipated minor? I don't know if 13 he should do it, but if there ever was a candidate, it was get me away from this bat nuts crazy yeah. person. Okay. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, I want to get into, well, some of the other unintended consequences of all this COVID stuff. We'll be back right after this. Alan Stock here. I'm a veteran radio broadcaster here in the Las Vegas area for over 22 years. What's Right with Sam and Ash is a show to listen to, something to not miss. Every weekday live for one hour starting at 2 p.m. right here on AMA 40 KXNT. You can also get more of Sam and Ash, my legal team, on my Vegas Today show every Tuesday morning at 8.30. So stay tuned in because you deserve what's right. Yeah, here we go. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. And as always, this time of day, you get to suffer with us. Suffer. Um, suffer. Uh, and mostly with me because Ash, we know, is a delight, <laughs> a peach, a pleasure to have come through your car radio speakers. Uh, my voice, I realize, is a, a, a bit more grating. but uh, well, It's like all great things. There's yin, there's yang, there's peanut butter, there's jelly, salt, vinegar. You know. Were you calling me the grape jelly? Is that where, of course. Is that where I'm at? Well, people are allergic to me. So. <laughs> I don't think anyone's uh, allergic to grape jelly. Well, speaking of contagion um, and not just allergies, now, okay, now we've reached peak nuttiness. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, right? You like that? Not bad. Okay. So in California, now they're telling – Yeah, a lot of people are showing up for tests. People are still getting hurt. People are still you know, showing up to the ER, plus COVID's on the rise, and so you got more people going in for help. And they're running out of hospital workers, running out of doctors, nurses, everybody. And so they're basically telling you that – you know, look, if you're if – you're, you, test positive for COVID, if you're able to work and it's been a few days, you please come in and just work. Come into the hospital even if you've got COVID. And th these are the same people who were, am I the same people? I mean, California were among the first to rush out with, hey, get vaxxed or lose your job. Mm -hmm. So so this is this is where we're at. You lose your job as a healthcare worker in California if you haven't been vaccinated. By the way, I, there's a doctor who uh, fought a, it had a prominent fight with UC, uh, UC Health, UC Irvine Hospital, um, and and he he refused to get the vaccine, and they fired him. He sued, mm -hmm. and if you remember, he ended up he ended up with what with what he ended up losing his suit in the California Supreme Court. So he's canned, right? They lost a competent doctor. That was a prominent fight. Thousands of people, uh, 2,200 with Kaiser Permanente alone of people that were lost. And, and I bring this up to say, so now the, you're fine if you've got COVID. You can show up to work. 
just as long as you've been vaccinated. I, I don't get it. I, I understood the reason for the vax mandates was this belief that you had a lower transmission rate. You wouldn't get it. So then you'd be safe. You had this little halo of, above your head and you were this like, oh, like you couldn't get it. But now that's not proving to be accurate. People that are getting vaccinated are getting COVID just as maybe a little bit less. But so I don't understand how this adds up, how they justify it, where they're saying, well, if you've got COVID, show up at the hospital. But if you don't get vaccinated, you're done. You have to show your allegiance to the state, Ash. (laughs) That is the most important part of this entire thing. And you have to be a responsible citizen. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to wag my finger at you right now. I'm going to wag my finger because you've got to be a responsible citizen. If you're not a responsible citizen, that is the most important thing. Life and death are actually irrelevant. What matters is, are you following what the CDC is telling you to do? And, and the ridiculousness of it all is that the target is is moving correctly. So it's moving because we're finding out new information and we have to adapt to circumstances. But we, you know, and is it probably okay for you? You know, it, the studies now suggest that you're not as contagious. You know, two or three days after your first symptoms, five days you're probably okay. And I, I, I uh, that may very well be the case. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that the official instruction that we're getting from the overlords okay, is always based on what is <laughs> based on expediency, and it's based on ideology rather than on science, okay, and facts. Yeah, and I, 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 I'm going to push back a little and say a lot of people bought into the mantras early on, get vaxxed, do your part, be a good citizen. And now the the fact and the data is coming out that, look, it helps, but it, it weakens over time and boosters. And we're learning all of this stuff. But people still aren't wanting to waver from that initial standpoint of get vaccinated or be a bad person. They still hold that over you. Oh, absolutely. And this is this is why literally in terms of current law and current procedure most states will terminate you as a healthcare worker if you're not vaxxed but many states are actually calling you back to work if you've got if you're if you're covid positive i would never and 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 i i'm just i'm lost on all of this and of course with with some of this now i'm hearing you heard that the embargo on all the data for the vaccines was was lifted and changed so the the 60 years or whatever insane period of time that we weren't going to find out what the trial what the data from the trials was we're now going to find out um maybe in eight months i love that they still want the eight months release it now yeah let us see it now if 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 there's vaccine hesitancy among whatever x percent of the population convince those people Bring in the data, bring in the proof. Say this is prove you're, your case. You're I mean, essentially lawyers, fine. Yeah. But if you're hiding the ball, right? It's you know, it's like us in court. You know, the other side doesn't want to bring what was dragging their heels and is hiding witnesses and everything. You know that they they've they're basically they they've got a turd in there somewhere. <laughs> and 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 why you know what I say to these you know if if it's really as great as y'all are saying it is, give it give us the info. And, and, and if we sound like crazy vaccine skeptics, we always bring it back to one thing, and it's something you say, Ash, and you're absolutely right about this. 
the Trump administration gave these biotech companies, pharmaceutical companies, carte blanche. They gave them full immunity. Yep. They gave them legal protection from any downsides, any damage that these vaccines will cause down the road. Yeah, and that's terrifying. I mean, so you have no recourse. Yeah, you have no recourse. Yeah, and that to me, hell, you take prostate medication. You take. I was a multivitamin. Yeah. And if you have if, if there's something something wrong with it, if somebody cut a corner, if one, it was and it does you harm, you, you have the right to sue. And that's that's as American's apple pie. I hate to break it to you. It's not just because I'm an injury lawyer saying that, uh, but, but it's in the Constitution. And the last administration did an end run around, gave them blanket immunity. And then are hiding the data, and now are wagging their fingers. You better take the vaccine. And they don't even believe in this horse crap anyway, because if they did, they wouldn't let COVID-positive people into hospitals. But it's not about COVID. It's about their, I'm right, and I think you're right. I think what you're saying is like they started out this way, and now they cannot admit they were wrong. And so they're doubling down on failure. Yeah, so many people, their egos are wrapped up in these premises and these beliefs that they made on the outset. And, and so they don't want to backpedal from it. They, they see it as, I'm wrong. And that's not wrong. You just have new information. You have more data. It's okay. And in life, as you get more information and more data, you should alter your decision making based on that. You shouldn't just go into something with the foolish mentality you had at the beginning but absolutely i was watching the football game there's a nose spray commercial and that nose spray commercial is 90 percent of it is all of the side effects and warnings and consult with your doctor because of what you mentioned that responsibility as a consumer you have rights you need to know this you need to be aware of the side effects and the the possible complications that a simple thing as a nose spray could cause literally when is the last time there has been any drug that doesn't have a side effect. Right. So they're telling us that this is the one time, this yeah. is the one pharmaceutical drug Don't talk to your doctor. Just go to Disneyland. Go to the parking lot yeah. over at the CVS and have them stick you with the needle and everything's going to be fine because if you don't, you can't have coffee in France. You can't work <laughs> in a hospital in California. And um, but you can you can still go in if you if you if you literally can't taste anything. Djokovic, by the way, this is going to be the worst segue ever. Djokovic just following up on this. He actually won his appeal to stay in Australia. Yeah, number one tennis players trying to go down to Australia for the the Open, and they put him in quarantine, and then they revoked his visa because he's trying to claim a medical exemption, and Australia is absolutely not okay with it. My favorite part of this is that they stuck him in one of those quarantine hotels. This is a guy, you have to understand this, uh, these athletes, like Djokovic, right, millions and millions of dollars a year, and he is used to the finest of the fine when he travels. Private jets, five-star hotels, resorts, the whole nine yards. So when, when Australia puts him into basically the equivalent of COVID jail, it's <laughs> at one of these designated dingy, you know, uh, motels or uh, hotels, but very, you know, picture and not five-star. Picture one star, maybe one and a half. Oh. And so he's in that hotel. <laughs> he's got to be. He's probably thinking, okay, maybe I'm not going to get COVID. I'm going to get tetanus. I'm going to get something else here. Anyway, what do you think was a worse experience? You in the Cleveland hotel for the RNC, the Republican National Convention in 2016, or Novak in this quarantine? <laughs> oh, I bet his hotel was nicer. You think it has bloodstains on the wall? Oh no, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, no, got no, it. mine, my my hotel room in Cleveland. Now, I went with a different radio group, not Odyssey, 
the one that has a heart. They did not have a heart when they put me in that. No, they had a heart, room. just not a check they, or a, a they credit did card. Not, they, no, I think they're watching their bottom line. At any rate, I ended up in a hotel room where I'm fairly certain someone was murdered. Uh, there were signs of forced entry on the door, and there was blood splatter on the wall. So that was delightful. Okay, when we come back, American Airlines is now apologizing to some people for being offended that the pilot had a Let's Go Brandon sticker on his suitcase. But his name was Brandon. (laughs) I'm kidding. We don't know. You'll find out, though. You'll know everything about this and why we think this is ridiculous. When we come back, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. I hope everyone had a good weekend. I know I did. Ash did as well. So here we are Monday, forging through the beginning of the week. Getting stuff done. Yeah, what were you going to I was going to say, John Curtis on our Friday show mentioned the restaurant Anima by EDO. Remember, it was one of his recommendations. I took it. I went. Can report back. Very good. I highly recommend. So they don't, rep- they don't pronounce it Enema. No. It's a relief. Apparently, it's a fusion of Italian and Spanish, and anima means soul in both. Oh. So there you go. Well, that's lovely. So it's uh, it's soul food, and that's beautiful. What's right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Anima. It's in the southwest, right? It's uh, yes, like Gramercy. by Bish- – Oh, the Gramercy. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. I got to go try that out. You do. I highly recommend. All right. Well, American Airlines – in the event that you wanted to travel, know that they uh, have recently uh, admonished a pilot for displaying a Let's Go Brandon sticker on his valise. His what? Valise. It's a, it's a word for suitcase. Look at you getting fancy on a Monday afternoon. Uh, yeah. So this woman, insufferable creature, Dana Finley Morrison – on Twitter, hey, American Air, y'all cool with your pilots displaying this kind of cowardly rhetoric <laughs> when they're in your for cowardly rhetoric. It's exactly Full how she on, tweeted it. Well, I just – I have to give it some color. I don't want to just read the tweet. <laughs> we are not the only passengers who noticed and were disgusted. We're disgusted today Ugh, on our board to Miami. And she took a picture of the pilot. <laughs> now – Forget – for a minute here, humor me. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I'm on board uh, an airline, and I see different airlines – different airlines, but I think – let me think. Recently, yes, recently on American. I see pins and stickers for uh, Black Lives Matter, okay? Mm-hmm. Other political movements – that are not necessarily aligned with my way of thinking. And I'm just, I don't, it's whatever. I don't care. I think it's inappropriate personally for uh, politics. Like, look, if I, in here, you know, I wouldn't, you know, if you're, if you're downstairs meeting with a client in, in, in her office, don't, don't put on a, you know, a political pin one way or the other. I mean, it's not, not the place. Same with court, right? Going to court, you know, I'm a big believer 
you know, leave all that stuff out of court and leave it out of sporting events and everything. So uh, you've got something to say about this? Well, yeah, we talked about this with sports. We think sports are a great unifying event. You know, sometime we can all, granted, there's usually one team versus the other, but there are times when we can come together and enjoy something together. And here, and you're saying the office, leave your political statements at home. And look, we've got a common goal here in this office, in that office, and that's to take care of accident victims. And so, I I look at this the same way. I go, you're right. Leave your political statements out of your job. You know, do your job, do it well, and use your free time to make your political statements. I don't, don't try and distance yourself or alienate anyone. Yeah, but I think this woman's disgusting too for this, just this ninning, you know, shrill uh, complaining about this. Just, just, do you have anything about, does she have a job? Maybe her job. Maybe she's got like kids to take care of her or a chia pet. Or something. Kids might be the um, one in the trunk. Uh, but I, it does remind me of a story I just – I love and I keep coming back to it. I when Every time – and I'm a somewhat of a nervous flyer, so I say it – I preface it with that. Every time I hear that the airlines are making a drive to recruit minority pilots, I start to get very nervous. Uh, and and I say and I, and I, this fits into the story because of course American is, is is responding to this woman is trying to be woke is trying to you know placate her I get it okay, um, you know, so when it comes to flying airplanes when it comes to I don't know cutting open my brain and working on me in neurosurgery, whatever flying planes driving buses teaching my kids in school, you know being being a doctor whatever it is, I really just want. The best of the best. I want the the man, woman, whoever that got the best score, you know, on the pilot's exam or in medical school. I I don't care about any virtue signaling with you know how diverse they are. That's irrelevant. I want the best of the best, and I really am worried when airlines are prioritizing diversity, you know, because. By by definition, right? We understand this, you know, how this thing works. By definition, then you you deprioritize other things, right? And if it's just strictly based on how you performed in in the, you know, like I want the I want the man or woman who did the best in pilot school, like that's who I want flying my plane. Competency and skills and capability above all else. Pure meritocracy. I, I want minorities, different genders. I want them all to have the same opportunity to obtain the job. Yes, that's absolutely. like that's very different. I think that's that's the important thing is you know we it's a pendulum. I think we swung way too far, you know, but give everyone an equal opportunity to apply and actually obtain the position, but when it comes down to filling the pilot seat or the neurosurgeon's role, it needs to be the most capable and competent person for the job. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, because I, I want that plane to stay up in the in the sky for as long as it's supposed to be there. Okay, do you have a Sammy on the spot for me? I do. Um, yes. I, I know. I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I, not really that controversial or anything like that, but we had CES in town, and I love motorsports. I'm a big Formula One fan, and this past weekend they had the Indy Autonomous Challenge which had students from 11 universities from seven countries piloting driverless f- this 
RJ article says it's a Formula One car. They're not Formula One cars, but they're traveling up to 160 miles per hour around uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And I think they did it a year before, but they were just doing time qualifications. And this year, they actually were all the cars were on the track together. So wait, no driver, right? No this driver. Is, this is a fully autonomous race car. Yeah. What are your Why thoughts? Why am I watching it? It's a robot going around a circle. An oval, excuse me. The only difference is there's the driver is sitting behind a joystick and a computer screen as opposed to the actual car. You yeah. still have technical difficulties. You still have one team that's using different mechanics, science, design, etc. The only difference is the human behind the wheel of the actual vehicle. So maybe the, the fear factor, the risk of life factor, that's the it. daredevil factor. That's it. That's it. And I, I'm telling you, I think the reason that so many of us go to races, for example, at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, I was there recently for NASCAR, uh, is we're all sitting at the edge of our seat, you know, because a crash happens and there's a risk to life. It's somebody physically putting themselves into that kind of harm's way, and we admire that. We admire that as a as not just a feat of athleticism, of of competency, but also of of bravery. And I think it takes away some of the bravery. It's just this, it's just this thing that's removed there. I, 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 that's my. I think it'll be a much more expensive sport because why? Because the the risk you're talking about, drivers are inherently going to factor their life into whether I can make this turn or pass this person. Oh, there'll be more wrecks with the joysticks. Yeah, because they're, they're like, like oh, I'm going to go for it because I'm not going to get hurt. Right. So I think it, it'll it could end up being a every movie. Ever made every mm -hmm. film ever made about racing is never about the race. It's always the heroics, the dudes, right? The guys that are there that lose life and limb in pursuit of, yeah, that's what's cool. All right, they're playing the music. It's time for me to go. Listen to what's right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT. We'll be back tomorrow too. See you then.